0: Hello, I'm Lisa, and welcome to Lisa Wanna Talk. Uh, Firstly, I'd like to apologize for my strong accent in English. I am a native Mandarin speaker from Taiwan. I have lived overseas for a long time and am currently based in Switzerland. In the past years away from Taiwan, I have always wanted to have a set corner where I could have a relaxed conversation about life and about my dreams, like sitting in a cafe with old friends so here i would like to share with you my life some interesting knowledge stories or some wise wisdom about life that i found fascinating i have a background in biological science in taiwan followed by a master in health science in switzerland so i am interested in self-growth spirituality emerging scientific knowledge and health topic on this channel I would like to have an online cafe for those who are at a turning point in their lives or simply want to talk to someone where we can talk and share the moments of life. If when you listen to the title track later on and you feel the warmth of seeing an old friend, then I have served my purpose. In today's first episode, I would like to talk to you on a lighter note about social networking and friendship. Before I start, I would like to ask you a question. Do you like to be alone or rather do you enjoy being alone? Do you know what solitude is? In a civilized society today, we need to operate in a cooperative way to make society work better. No matter how introverted or nerdy you are, you still need a certain level of social contact to accomplish your daily needs. Many scientific studies have also shown that active social engagement has a positive correlation with health and well-being. However, I now see that learning to be alone is the most essential prerequisite for healthy interpersonal relationships. I think that being alone is an ability that includes a degree of self-care and the mental capacity to enjoy the silence. And for me, knowing how to be alone is even a prerequisite for loving oneself. Being alone can be voluntary or involuntary, but it gives you a buffer to think about your current dilemma and give you more time and space to think outside the box. Because you are able to be alone, you will not be tempted to be indiscriminate in your interpersonal relationship. And you will not be blinded by fear or of loneliness to have a relationship with people who are not suitable for you. Because you can be alone, you will have more time to observe yourself and others And you will be able to better judge who is the right companion for you and who is the best person to seek advice from in those vulnerable moments and who is the person you can present your true self to after you have washed away all your glamour. This brings to me the topic I want to discuss with you today which is managing social life and friendship. There was an article in the Chairs magazine in Taiwan written by William. I thought he did a great job of describing how the state of mind changed as we get older. And it resonated with me when I read it. So here are some excerpts from the article. He said that relationships should be reserved for the world when we were young, we always pushed ourselves to socialize because we were afraid of being alone or before we turn 30, we were always obsessed with the idea of keeping a passport of contact and making friends was like collecting something rather than choosing something. It is easy to put the label of friends on, often putting on each other even though we don't quite get along well and then ending up trying ourselves up in relationship by being constantly tolerant. As we get older, what we need in friendship becomes a sense of security that doesn't get tainted. If we don't feel that, it means that the person hasn't entered our heart and we don't want to keep them afterward. We will no longer have to make up for friendship that have fallen apart. This is the way to deal with people after reaching the age of 30. It is not that. I don't want this friend, but I don't need it anymore. So the older we get, the more we start to reduce our relationships. If you want to save your holiday for habit or study and deduct the time you spend with your family, you only have about two dinner times left in a week. So you only want to save them for friends who want to bond and in the little time we do have, we only want to know what our friends are up to, what's bothering them, how their boyfriends or girlfriends, husbands and wife, or parents or children or even their pets are doing. When we were young, our friendship was like we weaving a very flimsy net. A little bit of wind or rain could break the net, and then we had to spend twice or three times as much effort to fixing the hole. It is not until we are older that we realize it, that what we really need is not a net but a strong rope that can give us a hand when we need it and that we are willing to surrender to our trust and reach out to hold on to it when we are vulnerable. Even if we were once passionate about our friends, if we don't share a common language and value in the moment, every second we spend together will feel like a trend. The older we get, the better we know how to manage our relationship and save our time for those who really count. So, how do we evaluate whether a friend is worth our time and effort? Here, I would like to quote the answer given by a Chinese talk show host Da Liang who said that there are three types of friends that you should not keep. The first one is a friend who doesn't want to see you in good light. The second one is a friend who is always self-centered and doesn't consider your feelings. The third one is a friend who is always full of negative energy but rarely has a positive tone. For those three types of friends, we can all make a quick choice and stop keeping close to them. And how to identify the first type of friend who didn't like to see you in a good light? is to observe whether there is any justification for his or her venomous remarks. If his or her criticism is always too harsh and untenable, there is always jealousy and comparisons behind it. There are two ways in which this kind of friend can behave. The first is that they often undermine you to your face and the second is that they are outwardly pleasant but then turn around and criticize you. My first experience of being betrayed by a friend was the first type of the friend we just mentioned. About eight years ago, when I went on holiday in Bangkok with my friend, and in recent months, she had become very close to an engaged executive in our department, and I had encouraged her to Follow her heart. As soon as the holiday was over, uh, she got together with the male executive and they were both broke up with their partner at that time. She was immediately promoted to the head of our team and became my direct uh, supervisor. One day, I suddenly received many messages on my mobile phone from my other friends who were also a team leaders, they all asked me in unison that what was going on um, with me and my friend, and why she had criticized me in the meeting. I remember my first reaction was that um, she wouldn't have done that to me. Not to mention the fact that she had asked me out after, like, um, after the tea, after the meeting. Um, later on because too many friends has told me about it so it was basically confirmed. I still don't know what I did to offend this friend because I decided to keep my distance from her after that. But my friend who was also at the meeting told me that they would uh, they heard her describe me at the meeting that they felt that she had an ambition that she was kind of like a trying to elevate herself by belittling others, which was actually uh, detrimental to herself as well. And then the second is a friend who is always self-centered. This kind of friend always says and does things without considering your feelings, but only their own needs and emotions. And finally, how to identify a friend who is overwhelmed with negative energy. When you think about them, you notice that they are always playing the role of the victim. They are always complaining about their work, their friends or partners, or even their inherent physical conditions or life circumstances. On the one hand, their complaints are a form of avoidance they, as they do not want to take responsibility of, for their own lives. On the other hand, it is a sense of a superiority, a way of presenting themselves as harmless or noble by being the victim. It is often difficult to get along with them because you have to be their dumpster and take on their negative emotions if you don't have a good psychological quality yourself, it is best to stay away from negative friends as much as possible. But bear in mind, it is not about avoiding any negative emotions. It is about being brave enough to face them and overcome or resolve the situation at hand, rather than just running away in the role of the victim. So, those three simple directions can give us a basic guideline for establishing friendship. The friends we spend time with have a subtle influence on the quality of our lives and our inner energy. Choosing the right friend for you is as important as choosing a partner. But equally, we need to be honestly examine whether we fall into one of these three categories as well. Once you have identified them, you need to be honest with yourself and be brave enough to make change. I would like to end with one of my favorite quotes about friendship from author Vanessa Von Edwards. She is a researcher, coach, lecturer, and writer on interpersonal communication skills and interpersonal intelligence and it is the author of many best-selling books such as uh, Captivate the Science of Succeeding with People. When asked once how to set the standard for her inner circle of friends, she gave what I think is the most useful and relevant answer to date. She said that when you close your eyes and think about your friend, when you honestly ask yourself if they will be happy for you if you achieve happiness or succeed today, if you are into if your uh, intuition uh, tell you to say yes, then you should continue to have this friend. If you have a little bit hesitation, if you feel that um, this friend might be a little bit jealous or even that you want to hide this joy from them, then it is better not to have this friend in your inner circle. Because she believes that the hardest friendship for us to decide on are not the toxic ones, but the ambiguous ones. Most of our friendship fall into this gray area because toxic people are usually easy to identify like the three type of friend we mentioned earlier that it is often easy to make the decision to distance ourselves from those three type of friend however those ambiguous friend take more time to observe but mostly the process is time consuming and you don't always have a clear answer so the most straightforward answer is to go back to your heart and ask your instincts. If your intuition tells you that this person is probably not happy for your happiness, they are probably not a friend you should keep. So this is what I want to talk about today in relation to social relationship and friendship. Um, Thank you very much for listening and if you would like to talk to me, Please feel free to write to me or leave a comment. And it would be great if you would help me to share or subscribe this channel. I look forward to seeing you online again. Till next time. Bye.